Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows is my thoughts or gut instincts of what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decisions to trade is yours. This week, we're going to change slightly from our normal format because we're in the middle of harvest and there's an awfully large amount to talk about in terms of the market report. So you're going to get an extended market report stroke conversation between Ian Webster and Andrew Dewing. Good morning, Ian. Morning, Andrew. And in fact, we haven't said good morning to each other despite being here two and a half hours ago, have we? Pretty standard for harvest. Yeah. Phone keeps ringing. Unfortunately, yeah, we probably don't really chat much in harvest <laughs> period, do we, actually? No. No, there's no point. Just got that dazed look on your face going... <laughs> battle, <laughs> battle weary and punch drunk. So, yeah, yeah. usual harvest. How's, how's the wife? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did what I said earlier. I got onto the sofa last night, got in about, I don't know, half eight, sat down. Can't she said, on. yeah, she said, uh, so, uh, good day. I was just like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Any more to, to elaborate? It's like, no. All right, okay, so this, so we'll start with the, with the, the date of the market report. It is um, week commencing 19th of August 2019. In the background, you will hear lorries going backwards and forwards, tractors and trailers, because we're recording this at the Alsham site. Um, and behind that are the fans cooling down all of the barley that we had to dry. And behind that noise is the sound of the dryer itself. So there's a, there's a large amount of background noise, so we're not quite so, uh, so polished as normal, which Claire doesn't really like, but anyway... But great to have a busy yard. Indeed. Absolutely. And the fact that we've got only 10% of the space left at this point at Aylsham is a bit exciting. We've got to work hard to accommodate the rest of the stuff that's coming, which is about... I think that working hard is a bit of an understatement there, Andrew. It has, (laughs) I've got to say, it has been miserable, but a fun type of misery. Yeah, so 40% of the space fitting into 20% is... how How do we manage that? Rabbits out of hats, I think. Magic bins. Yeah, exactly. Right. Logistic management is the king of harvests like this. So what you have to do is keep your head. And and I'd like to think that we've solved an awfully large amount of problems for people that have been caused by excessive tonnage uh, and tonnage not in the right moisture level. I think we were battling it quite well after the winters. There was a very large winter barley intake. Then there was the Monday or the Sunday that we got a few text messages saying, there's a big spring crop coming. (laughs) And our jaws dropped. We thought, oh no. Yeah, big, big, like 20% bigger than everybody thought. 20 plus, I reckon, in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, so which leads on to, I mean, it's not just a logistical issue, that the weather has been playing stop start, rain, dry, hot, wet, mm-hmm. and on and on it goes. Uh, and inevitably, we're seeing damage in some of the crops as well, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you rightly flagged it early, but. Pre-germs, splits, scapes, the full works, the springs aren't looking that pretty at the moment. Well, we're, we're ahead of the game on that, and this is one of the points we want to talk about today, that, that we are probably 80% through our spring barley intake because we have extended opening hours and we understand the dynamic of farmers working late mm. and therefore they need to deliver late. And, and I've got some dedicated staff at all of my stores who are exceptionally tired at the moment, but they've, they've, they've pulled off a phenomenal intake. But we have seen, therefore, lots and lots of the barley that's going to be 
usable or used this year in the, in the malting process. And without doubt, there are issues that are not being talked about yet. We've been very open with our molsters. We've sent the samples off and we've, we're analysing as many as we can. And we're saying that within the bulks of barley this year will be pre-germ, will be dead grains. Yeah, we, we can do a certain amount about it, but I think that the, the bulk that we have is going to be usable. We've been very open and the molsters have, have given them the thumbs up, but, but it's not going to be plain sailing. And, and when the real intake starts with the opposition, who haven't really kicked off yet, um, I'm afraid there's going to be some real blood on the carpet, isn't there? But I've got to say, I mean, we've just talked about the storage there and the difficulties with pre-jam. But from a marketing sense, it's quite difficult because, I mean, crops up north, the Scottish crop, weather's been miserable. There's sort of laid crops in sort of Lincolnshire, up in Yorkshire. Pre-jam's got to be rife up there. And, and so maybe are we the, the year or is it, has Norfolk got the better quality barley this year? I, I think Norfolk's got low nitrogen and that's going to be really important because large slices of other parts of the country, Essex, the Midlands... And, and I don't know about up north because we haven't seen enough yet, but we had low nitrogen, or we have low nitrogen. And, and the stuff we've taken in, when you have pre-germ, you, you dry it, you, you get it in, into, under control quickly. So we, we've preserved what we've got, and we've got low nitrogen. The, the Scots, I think, haven't really started yet, and, and that, all right, they've had a continuously wet time. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean, if they suddenly come up with a two-week sort of Indian summer-type mm. period... That it might not be fit and it might really be good sound stuff so if the Scottish crop comes good that, that doesn't bode well for prices in other parts of the country but the likelihood is that the whole of the Scottish crop comes in in perfect nick bearing in mind it's a bit late because of its, its cold wet summer it isn't probable that it will all be used The market's certainly really struggling on a saturation point at the moment I mean who can cram what into what store because intake and it's not criticism of molsters but hasn't really started and there will be only a limited amount of barley moved at harvest my harvest is over physically largely there's a few fields left so what does harvest movement represent that's the real that's that's a debate that we we love to dance on because we move it quicker than most but but it 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 still gets back to next week or the week after there will be rejections for germination problems for spring barley where does that barley go Mm. i've got no feed barley stores yeah, the dynamic of feed barley now, I suppose, we've got to discuss. Well, we had a little chat this morning, and pre-Brexit, there are, there's the opportunity for the UK to compete internationally with the weaker pound. There's been lots of boats traded. We've got our own. We've got a couple of boats going. One went sailed yesterday, so we've, we've got one more to come. And we probably are going to be in the mind to sell another one because we see more feed barley coming at us. But more importantly, this morning we had the chat and we're probably going to send a text out to say something to the effect of why would you hang on to feed barley after October? When at this moment in time, feed barley and feed wheat are only £5 apart in price. Feed, feed barley is £120 a tonne. Mm. Feed wheat, spot which we're going to come on to in a minute, that pre-diving wheat price has come to only £5 premium, which is lower than normal. Yeah, again, feed barley discounts were at 15 quid at one point last year, I think. So And the rest. Yeah. And so I think, but beyond October, what potential is there for export? Again, we don't know this, but we've got to make the assumption we're not going to be able to easily export to the continent. Therefore, what, what, why are we hanging on to it? What, what is the point of hanging on to it? Why look after it? Why keep it in the store and not have the money in the bank? In case of weighing out the risks against the unknowns of Brexit. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, it's a crop to turn around. 120 quid is a, 
a good solid price i think yeah i think we're gonna our recommendation to farmers is ditch your feed barley ditch it yeah agree um and and i mean all of it so there's that's exciting isn't it They're only to be proved wrong i'm sure by someone in three and a half years time so feed barley we've ditched that one so we're going to move back onto malting barley if you've got decent storage the the spot price is on its backside there is no you know if you said i've got to move this barley now good luck with that there's not really many people who can do much with it um so good quality uh malting barley of either spring or winter type low nitrogen i would value for november in the region of 135x i say november because harvest is you know feed barley is 120 and there's a discount it's going to be something like 25 to 30 maybe but there's barely a premium um because of the volume that's come forward this is one of those moments where having storage is yeah it pays doesn't it yeah i mean it, this week's been quite a case in point hasn't it, andrew we've had as i hope several listeners know but we run several different um or sport several different cooperative stores and uh the uptake of new space that's been sold recently has been phenomenal it's been yeah, huge well, that's only because they bought the tonnage in before they actually realized they'd delivered 400 tons in a 100 ton space and we kind of <laughs> looked at them and went do you want me to take that out with store charges on top and yeah. and, they, and they've gone oh because the re- people are under invested on storage aren't they but i've got to say people really see the value in storage not every year that it works but this year primarily i mean it's huge people move stuff the the farmers that own storage are pretty much wrapped up mm. and unfortunately there's a, in norfolk parochially we're talking here there's there's a lot left to be done but the store members are seeing the benefits this year definitely Look, there's lots of winter barley still on farm with other people not moved uh in the way you know we've we've helped some of those guys to get stuff out of the way so they can carry on with harvest haven't we yeah we have yeah and and there comes a point when you turn around and say look we keep digging you out of a hole at some point you're going to commit your barley to us because we if you commit to us we will move it we will plan it we will find a store and we will move it um and other people have not invested other people in the merchandise trade with the exception of of uh, frontier who who own lots of storage and have taken on fresh storage this year but the other guys are not doing anything towards actually providing that service and so farmers are unable to cut their spring crops because the winter barley is still sitting there and well we believe that central storage has been has had a torrid time in in my career and lots of them have gone broke and disappeared and ended up in the hands of of another um and I think the farming community historically didn't particularly run their, their stores well, but I think the time is coming where farmers are gonna, either going to have to go with a farmer who's invested in storage as their, as their contractor, which means that contractor's got to seriously invest in proper storage, which we've got one or two of our sites yeah, we doing. Have, yeah, yeah. Um, or they've got to build something themselves, or they're going to have to go into central storage. But you say build something themselves, it's a bit cost prohibitive at the moment against central storage. Well, without being too cheesy about it, if you say it'll cost me £100 a tonne, yeah, great, you built a shed with some concrete. And we won't count the concrete leading up to the shed as part of the cost. We'll pretend we did it for 100 just to say to our mates we're good at negotiating. But but whack a drying floor and um, find a dryer in there, you'll, you'll at least double it. Yeah, surely. £250 a tonne. But, but it's not just that, is it? it? There's infrastructure of a proper storage thing. Can you screen it if it's really thin? Can you do anything with it if it's got issues of admixture? 
No, you can't. It's, 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 not, it's not like for like. It's, I built a store and it only cost me 100 No, it's, it's just pleasing, actually. We've been beating the central storage drum for a long time now, but this year is the perfect advert. Yes, part, part of our model, and, yeah, we're, 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 not, we're not enjoying the kind of dynamic of being... Yes, we are. We're, like, we're right. Just, just accept it. <laughs> but it, <clears throat> it's certainly in a year like this, it, uh, it brings home people who have a relationship with us, people who have invested in storage, and those who haven't. And unfortunately, we're at the point where several people we at this point can't help, even though we want to. What's hey, next? What are we going to move on to? Well, we could, we could stop for a little advert, couldn't we? Here we go. Let's stop for an advert. Dew and Grain are big supporters of the Elsham Show, our local agricultural show. So do come along and meet the Dewing team on their stand and taste one of our recent guest beers, Kingslayer Bitter, from the Humber Sea Brewing Company. Or if you fancy something a bit stronger, we have their Indian Pale Ale, which is a beer to be savoured. So come along for a chat and to taste some fantastic beer on Monday the 26th of August in the parklands surrounding Blickling Hall. It's a great family day out. Now that sounds fun. I hope you'll come along. Orchid rape in your your products. Where are we at? Dynamics of rapeseed. It's so. Where do I start? Yield wise, I got to say Norfolk. It was pretty miserable. Yields were well down. We'd like to think pre sort of neonics and flea beetle damage that we would strive for four and a half ton a hectare crops. And I got to say miserably, we were low threes, three and a half. Mm. Um, really disappointing. People are very. A doubting rapeseed, I've got to say. Should they plant it? I mean, I'm, I would say this being a rapeseed trader, but I'd like to see people plant more rapeseed because I really believe that it is a tight industry and there will be a demand, there's good demand for veg oils. So I'd like to people, see people plant a bit more if they can take on the views that if Norfolk can't produce rapeseed, then all the other areas which have tighter rotations and more flea beetle problems, well, they're far more stuff than we are. Okay, so, but so it, it, it is, and, and so the, the market at the moment is categorised by a much smaller crop. The whole of Europe is now probably down in the very low 17 million tonne mark. Uh, the Germans wrote off a couple hundred thousand just this week. And the veg oil market is, is still very strong in demand. Um, crush margins are really good, so crushes are still steaming into it. So They've imported some, haven't they? I think September there's been some imports. It's always a very difficult, you f- I say you feel for the mill, but it's a difficult month, month for them to buy. Farmers, understandably, um, finished harvest in August and then shut the shed and, and then probably don't really consider it until October, November time. So it's a lean month for the mill to buy, and I understand why they why they need imports bluntly. So so spot, where, where are prices, where have they got to? Because we've had harvest has gone, hasn't it? People are now into a storage zone, aren't they? You, you're right, it's pretty much wrapped up. There might be the odd bit of rapeseed that's moved because people need wheat space. It might not have been their plan originally, but the, the, one of the casualties of a big crop. But yeah, it, it has got through that period. Um, it's battling its way to try and get up to 330x farm up here in Norfolk. I can't see much to stop it yet. I mean, until the margins start to or the crush margins start to nip up every single mill is going to want to be crushing rapeseed um there are problems again it was uh, talked about in india that there will be more consumption or more demand um for veg oils and, and rapeseed oils. so I, I don't see the market stopping yet okay so if a farmer what's, said, what's the magical go. number mm. 
I don't know, you've got to say 350. What, probably, I've put myself out that's there. That's where to you say, think it's going to go to. So I'd people should go that. for storage, not not because if you're confronted with a storage bill or selling it, you know you can make three hundred and twenty something. Yeah, I, I think that and just get the cash and it's in your bank and it feels a lot better in the bank. Than last the year was a miserable year. We felt very bullish to it at harvest time, and I think we probably vocally said that on the podcast. And mid year in Feb, the market dumped. Mm. Um, I really hope it's not a repeat of that. But there's, there is something to be said for maybe taking on some risk management strategies, maybe consider buying some options, selling your physical. It's not very straightforward because you've got a currency that is darting all over the place with sterling. But fundamentally, if oils go up dramatically, it kind of gives you cover, doesn't for it? For me, the biggest story is the European story. Yeah, so there's less, having, yeah. having some Matif-based options, which maybe not something farmers are comp- completely familiar with, but I think it'd be a good hedge in a year like this. Yeah, so sell, sell your rape, get the cash. Yeah. The, the, the premiums aren't as big this year, are they? Yeah, we've, we've seen lower oils, I'd say, certainly through the store, maybe a percent lower than what we saw so last year. So premiums are 15, Yeah, I mean, quid. that's probably five quid less of a, of a premium. Yeah. Yeah, 20 quid probably averaging through the store. Yeah, okay. So the point being, so if you sell it for 320 something and get a £20 premium, £340 in the bank, and then blow away £10 of that on an option. On an option, risk management that carries through to May. Bottom line in in marking the sand, and yeah. And it's in in euros, in in Matif, so. Can forget about it, don't even think about it until April. Or maybe you might have your spike and you take your profit early. But against a year that could do that very big thing in a short space of time and then hits demand destruction and then it could disappear quickly um, yeah. I th- I've got to say I think that's unlikely given the dynamic and how tight the market is yeah that um, tactic also avoids storage charges doesn't it it does yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay, that that may yeah. that may well be one. I mean, if cash flow isn't an issue, then then maybe not. Well, I, I mean, on top of that, though, Andrew, the, uh, I mentioned it a few moments ago, but who's going to plant rapeseed this year? I mean, I, I would have thought there's the seed houses would be getting a good idea of what has been sold this year. Mm. Maybe what sort of reduction in plantings? I mean, this is a sort of fag packet idea, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was ten percent down again this year. And so when those numbers start to sort of be confirmed and hit the market, again, we might see some more support. And I'm not just talking about UK, that's, that's a European-wide issue. So they are bullish price, which is the bit we get criticised for, so there we're talking the market up, everybody. It's up to you lot now. <laughs> one, one glimmer of hope within a, a barrage of misery, unfortunately, at the minute. Well, cheerful. Um, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about wheat. Let's get on to the wheat. Yesterday, the wheat futures, this is recorded on the Friday morning, and, yeah, the wheat price dropped £3 a tonne yesterday. Mm. We're, we're in here while the market's opening, so it could be £3 up for all we know. Mm. Underlyingly, I am bearish to wheat prices in the short term because you cannot put a camel through the eye of a needle. It, it, there is a very big crop. The space that's available in the marketplace for storage is limited um, because lots of barley, extra barleys come along. Of course, we will find places for it to go. There is always a tractor shed or there's a... <clears throat> don't know where I got that idea from. Uh, so, but there's always a shed somewhere that you that, that people can find. But there's there's overspill on top of that. And if we go into a wet period, which all right, the next two weeks forecast looks better as it has done a few times before. I'm afraid it's shorter days, so we're going to see damper crops. Mm. And and there's the going back to the storage thing, but there's a barrage of wet wheat that will be flung. Farmers understandably will not want to sit on seventeen, eighteen percent wheat. 
Uh, look, the, the, the wind's coming along. The, the wheat is fit. It is um, shelling out in places. There's some, mm. some people are not having that problem, but we've undoubtedly had people telling us that it's shelling out. Um, it's not something to mess around with. If the, if the kilo weights start to fall, the yield drops dramatically. So, yeah, I panic mongers, but you need to get it. And if you haven't got facilities, we go back to central storage, we go back to having investment on your farm. If you haven't got central storage or you haven't got somewhere that can dry it, you're going to be having to ask someone a favour. And uh, please do not whinge about drying charges because... I'll get one of the, my, the bigger blokes from my office to punch you, I think. that The reality is, I couldn't hurt you enough. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the dryers are sat there for three years not being used. We've invested all that money, all that investment in people. And yes, the drying charges are more than just the cost of the oil and electricity that goes into it. If you really are that upset, buy your own dryer, put it on your farm, and dry it yourself overnight so you can combine the next day. But do not turn around and whinge about how much drying charges are. And just for the record, all drying charges go to the stores, not to us. I, uh, on that note, Andrew, I challenge anyone to take Andrew up on that at the Elsham Show. I think that'd be quite entertaining on your reaction there. Yeah. <laughs> After a couple of beers. Well, is that, what's that? The Ernie song. Back to the Ernie song, which is The Meaning of Life by Benny Hill. And the stale pork pie caught him in the eye. And Ernie bit the dust. Change the name Ernie for whoever says it. That's for the old, for the old people. Young people won't know the song. Listen to that one on YouTube as well. No, so, so wheat prices, potentially, if it turns wet, are going to be under more mm. pressure. With export potentially stopping after the end of October, and again, we've got an October cargo sold, and I think there will be lots of export in August, September, October. Traditionally, farmers who've got slightly damp wheat can shove things out onto boats, and they get averaged, and they get an allowance, no weight loss and an allowance on it, because the boat averages under 15%. If we're not doing export in any volume, or we have to sell to a market that has a lower moisture demand than what we're used to, I'm afraid that that little door or little avenue of pleasure is being closed. So the consumers will become aware of that. Their charges for, for intake will go up. And drying charges, that exist for people who have to store it through the year and not have mycotoxins, will also be, be hit. So there's a number of people who are going to experience higher moisture allowances than, than they have done in the past, in our opinion. Yeah, agree. I think it's, um, it is a challenge for growers this year. I don't want to put growers off from cutting it wet though Andrew I mean we, we talked about kilo weights and the crop going off in the field I mean in my view I think farmers need to whack it at a sensible moisture sub 18 dry it keep the quality keep the kilo weight and deal with it then rather than wait for that oh, it's 14 and a half I better go but it, it, the, the reality is it's not our job to put someone on or off a professional should know the dynamics of if they don't cut something they will lose yield mm. they should know that if they don't cut something they will lose quality and the decision making process if they had got the correct planning in place and had a store behind them that, that would just say yep we'll take it we'll dry it it will be accepted as perfect kit that is good strategic management if they haven't made that strategic management we're not putting them off, that their own reality has put them off. Mm. So you're not responsible, Ian. <laughs> Very caring of you. I used to be caring, but this year I've lost my caring capacity. A little. Is this the final, uh, final harvest, the straw that broke the camel's back? <laughs> I 
<laughs> tell you what, you know, sleep is a premium, isn't it? Um, no, it is. It is really tough, isn't it? It I, is. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, our, yeah, our staff, the staff of, of my office, yeah. are looking like a bunch of zombies. I mean, they're they're not the brightest bunch, they're the best of times, but. <laughs> 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 but they are absolutely knackered. I like to think we're in the final throws, and we always like to benchmark the harvest on the Ashram show. We haven't got a cat's hope and hell of finishing by the Ashram show this year. No. Um, so, yeah, we're getting worn, but we're, we're still battling on. We're still there. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's right. He's young, isn't he? Yeah, we are. Obviously, we've broken the hump of it. The barley's nearly over with our intake, and, and we're going to sit back and watch other people. Mm. Enjoying the benefits of spring barley intake and the rejections of high-priced contracts and all that rubbish that's going to occur. But, yep, we are over the hump of it, and it's now just feed wheat, which we'll just dry and move and dry and move and shove into the sheds. We've we've, we've maintained some space back at our key stores at South Pickenham, Honningham, uh, Walsingham. There's capacity there to cope with all the people that commit to us, whatever they throw at us, so we can cope. Do we go into the open market and try and buy? Oh, no, we'll be saturated ourselves well, I think yeah what there is there is a moment coming when it's going to become time the fob markets for the there's quite a few sellers lining up isn't there I haven't had the direct conversation myself but what is the dynamic of that market lots of the export is occurring because there's companies bigger shipping companies now bigger you know organizations that have European relations brother companies and they're doing trade and they're largely cutting smaller people out of the loop. You know, we, 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 we have some key accounts that are prepared to trade with us, but some of the bigger guys are deliberately trying to squeeze the small guys out so they don't have the option it's of any control export. thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's, it's, if you get the chance to take control of an industry, you make more money. And... Um, so, yes, it's harder for us to do that, but we've still got people that are, that are buying it. If we offer a, a cargo and it's the right price, there are people who will buy it. Um, I got my, you know, the boat we just did yesterday was to my great friend Phelan, who, who was on this podcast a few months ago. Really great to be at a trade with him this season. I hope, I hope something comes up that makes us able to do it into the future. So we've got boats sold, but the bulk of the tonnage will be done, I think, by the, by the bigger guys. I think there will be close to a million tonnes out by the end of October. I think it's going to go really crazy, which will, will make the kind of price for wheat stay reasonably underpinned. Mm. Um, obviously, the European guys know that we've got to get it out before that, that deadline, yeah. making the assumption we can't export easily post then. It, it, it's very clear, with a £3 drop yesterday, that, that the mood of the market is absorb, trying to absorb the size mm. of the crop and the logistic problem and weigh that up against what happens in the future. It does future. feel like it's a buyer's market, though, at the moment, with this year. Well, if you're a consumer, would you would you buy for November, December, January, March? No. Because you, if your competition is potentially gone, you'd, you'd play a little bit hard to get, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and every day they don't do anything, the market's going down. So it's kind of... Yeah. I mean, probably yesterday's drop is a bit extreme, and it might have a bit of a recovery from that. But underlyingly, when if it is two days of... Two, sorry, two weeks of, of pure sunshine, mm. we're going to get a lot coming at once, mm. which inevitably is going to be what we call yeah. blood on the carpet. Just skipping back a few steps, Andrew, the USGA came out on Monday night, which was our leg of sport under the wheat market. It was our glimmer of hope, and bang, it's gone. Came out with a 90 million figure um, on the planted acreage, and all of a sudden, well, Maybe there's disbelief, but I think the trade have to trade on those numbers. Yep. 
Yeah, we do. And uh, you can believe they're wrong or believe they're right. That's what we trade on. And when it comes to September, they'll change them. It will, it will reduce a number of the cops crops planted in the states are going to be forage crops they won't be harvested as corn so we know the figure harvested will be less than what they're they're declaring and we know the acreage that they're declaring is 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 optimistic at best the usda report was good in the sense that we gave some advice to farmers to sell their physical wheat and buy some options on chicago corn so the money they spent on the Chicago corn options, call options, is completely blown away because the market dropped about mm. 30 cents immediately after. <laughs> yeah. But but they're happily sold. Exactly. They've sold their, their wheat. wheat is sold. And the market, since they sold it, is seven or eight pounds lower. Perfect that's, advice, that, isn't that's it? That's not bad. Well, it, it's risk management, isn't it? It's, it, it isn't. It's, it's advice that says blow some money away on some, on some f- you know, five pounds a ton out of the money options. But do you know, do you know what the farmer's probably thinking? Not a Christmas oh, farmer. Them they shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken the options. What a waste of money. But. Right, Webby, I'm ready for a beer. I, I know it's only, you know, 3 a.m., but let's do it. While we're opening the beer, we were supposed to be... Um, we were supposed to be doing a bottle of uh, Humber Ducey IPA, but it was in the fridge and it's harvest and someone unbeknown at some point in the evening thought, oh, there's a cold beer. And so they drank it. So we can't do it. So I apologise for Humber Ducey. We can't, we can't get, do a pre-Aylsham show analysis of your beer. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> that's terrible because we've got it at the show. So if it was rubbish, we could have cancelled it, but... We know we've got Kingslayer coming along, and the IPA, I'm sure, will be just as good, won't it? It will be, yeah. Looking forward to it. Now, I'd like to... This is Directors, Courage, Courage Directors Bitter. Now, I'd like to tell a little story about this, even though we're running out of time. Uh, is this going to be one of the stories that will feature in your book at some point? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, stories of my modelling life. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so Directors... There was, there was a... a, a thing one harvest in uh, this is the late 70s where Directors Bitter did a program in Norwich where if you went to a pub and drunk a pint of Directors Bitter you got a stamp in a little book and if you did all the, all of the things got a stamp in all 13 pubs you got a t-shirt okay right anyway the point being I decided to try and do all 13 on one night <laughs> and I achieved it Right. Did you? Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't driving, even though it was the late seventies, early eighties, and yeah. you could, you could probably had been known that people did that. Obviously, not so me. Were you, would you classify yourself as being in your prime then at that age? Prime? I'm in my prime now. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about all the only good thing about being old is experience and incredible yeah, knowledge, and just you know how sexy you are. So <laughs> the point is, did all thirteen? Got yeah. my card stamped up. Really proud of myself. In, in a delirious. Yeah. So drunk, lost the card. <laughs> Never got the teacher. Oh, gutting. gutting. Anyway, let's drink one of those yeah. just for memory. It's not a bad beer. It's all right. I don't think I've had one since because I, I went off it. Yeah. yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, not bad. The ten, like o- it. ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> 
help us through the day. Uh, yeah, look, tough harvest. You know, I appreciate this is old school, and none of none of the modern grain traders drink anymore. But you know, this is all in the interest of letting you find out what's a really good beer to buy when you come and visit Norfolk on your holidays. So when you come to the Elsham Show, make sure you come along and try Humberdoucy beers on our stand. We'll give you a stale pork pie in the eye if you give us a bit of grief. Otherwise, there'll be fresh pork pies, fresh cakes, gin for anyone who, who's a little bit effeminate, and it will be... I, hope, like, I quite like a gin tonic in late afternoon. Anyway, hopefully it'll be sunny. Hopefully we'll be sitting there about five o'clock and everyone's gone with that zoned, you know, zoned out look of mm. uh, back to work tomorrow on. But anyway, it is fun. I do, although I do quite like kicking the tires with a few people, and yeah, it is good fun. It's a good day. Yeah. So we'll be there, at, and I look forward to seeing you. See you all there. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewandgrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewandgrain. The Dewandgrain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 